It is an honor, a privilege uh, to be here in the main sanctuary tonight and uh, teaching God's word. And I'm going to ask you to turn to Psalms 13. Psalms 13 tonight is where we are going to be uh, tonight. And I've had the privilege these past couple of years being the junior high pastor here at CCSB. And it's been a blast. And thank you for always praying for the youth ministry, for praying for the junior high, for the high school. And we're excited. We're excited to see what the Lord is doing with the youth, doing with the church. So praise be to God. Amen. Amen. If you turn in your Bibles to Psalms 13, we will read the passage of Scripture tonight. And then we will get started and... See what the Lord has for us. Psalms 13 reads like this. It is known as the Psalm of David, right? Many uh, Psalms in the Bible were written by David. Uh, the man uh, who, who brought, a uh, little boy who brought Goliath down, little shepherd boy who eventually becomes king of Israel. And, it, you know, maybe by many Bible students believe that Psalms 13 could have possibly been written during the time where uh, David was being persecuted by uh, King Saul. He was fearing for his life. So many Bible students believe that there's a possibility that he could be, uh, that this was written, him hiding in a cave somewhere. But uh, all of that would be an educated guess. But one thing we do know that David here is uh, writing this and that he's crying out to the Lord. And he's, uh, and the first couple of verses showing a little bit of frustration. He's a little bit concerned. And Psalm 13 starts like this. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Verse 3 says, consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Verse 5 reads, but I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Amen to God's word. Let's pray and then we'll start our time together. Uh, Lord God, we are just so excited. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity of being able to uh, meet here in your house tonight, God. And Lord, we pray that you would speak and minister to our hearts. God, we pray that you would minister one thing that we would be able to take home. This we can hold on to, God. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing here at CCSB, God, and we know that you're going to meet us tonight, Lord. We love you, and we praise you, and God, thank you once again. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen, amen, and amen. Have any of you ever had to call customer service before? Anyone here ever had to call customer service before? Your phone breaks or your iPad's not working or you're wondering why isn't your furniture arriving and you call the 800 number and uh, you get something like this. Please hold for the next available representative. And you're like, really? Really? So you're on hold 
the little music's playing, right? Sometimes they have that little music going. And then all of a sudden, it stops. And you're like, finally, I just want an answer to my problem. And then you get another recording that says, all of our agents are currently assisting other customers. Please hold for the next available representative. And you're like, really? If you only knew. If you only knew. Or how about this one? Any of you ever been in the drive-thru line and there's like 20 cars in front of you and you're just dying. You just want your Starbucks. You're grumpy in the morning. And you're like, man, I just want these cars to disappear. And you finally get up to the window and then all of a sudden the lady tells you, I'll be with you in just a second. And it's like, really? And then that second turns into a minute or two minutes. But for you, it felt like 20 minutes. And they're like, just how may I help you? You give your order and then they take even longer. It's like, come on. I think we sometimes have a hard time with waiting. And that's what I want to speak to you guys tonight, about waiting on the Lord. You know, I think some of you might be here tonight. Uh, tonight you're maybe single here tonight and you're waiting for that special someone to come and you're singing the Snow White song, right? Someday my prince shall come. Okay, maybe that's you tonight. Or, or maybe you're here tonight uh, and you're sick. There's an infirmity and you're waiting for God to heal. You're waiting for God to do that breakthrough. And nothing's happening. You're waiting. Or maybe you're here tonight and you're waiting for that job opportunity. You're waiting for that job to call you back. And you're wondering, how am I going to make it? What's going to happen? Or maybe you're here tonight and you're waiting for that prodigal son or that daughter to come back to the Lord. Tonight, I want to encourage you that in the waiting, God is working. And I want to talk to you guys about waiting on the Lord. As we went through here in Psalms 13, if you've ever experienced having to wait on something, even for the most simplest things, for that customer service representative to come on the phone or for your coffee or or you're waiting for your wife to be ready so you could go on that date night, right? Sometimes it seems like an eternity. Maybe you're in that place tonight. Let me tell you, you're not alone. David, here in Psalm 13, the man who was called, eventually was called a man after God's own heart, had that same experience here. I don't know if you noticed, four times he asked the question, how long? How long, God? How long? And sometimes there's situations that are going to happen in our life, and we're going to be like, Lord, how long? Psalms 13 tells us much about waiting on the Lord. I really believe that as we look at King David here. It tells us what to do when God seems distant or silent. With that in mind, tonight I want to take a look at three things that we find here in Psalms 13. There's three little points that I want to share with you. In verses 1 and 2, we see that King David addresses his problem. Eventually King David, right now he's just... David, he's, a, he's addressing his problem. So we're going to look at David's problem in verses 1 and 2. But in verses 3 and 4, we're going to look at David's plea. Or you can put in parentheses his prayer. But one of the things I love about Psalms 13 is that we see Psalms 13, and it goes from David having a problem, from David not being at peace, from being frustrated, being concerned, wondering, God, how long, to eventually David's praise. 
So David's problem, point two, David's plea, in parentheses, you can maybe put the word prayer, uh, and three, we're going to look at David's praise. Point number one, David's problem. We go back to verses one and two. Go with me to verses one and two. It says here again, we'll, we'll reread this. It says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? So let's, let's kind of break it down here. What's David's problem? Simply, his problem is simple. He feels forgotten. It just seems like God is distant. Don't we have those moments sometimes in life where we go through life and God just seems like distant? Any Bible verse that you can read, anyone that you can speak to, they can give you all the counsel. You can call the POD phone here at the church. You can pray with every pastor and stuff. But it just doesn't help. He just got, David is at that place right here where God feels distant. It seems as if God had hidden himself from David. God is, feels felt distant to David. It always seems like that in a, in a time of intense trial. I repeat, maybe you're here tonight. You're waiting for that special summon. You're, you're waiting on a breakthrough, on that job opportunity for God to heal you or heal that special summon in your life. You're, you're waiting for that prodigal to come back. Listen, there, there's going to be times in life when we're going to want immediate answers. But at times, God might just have us wait. I repeat, in the waiting, most of the time, it's when God is working. You know, I was taken back and praying what I was going to share here in the main sanctuary uh, tonight. And I was taken back five years ago when we um, adopted our daughter. Uh, and it was a time where, where God was really testing our faith, where God was really uh, working in Dominique's heart and in my heart. And there were times where it was stressful. There are times where I wondered, God, you know, are you going to come through or not? And here we are five years later. You know, I just look a couple of months down the road this December, our daughter is going to be five. You know, it felt like an eternity, the whole adoption process. Having to wait two years, a little longer with us struggling to wanting to expand our family. But here we are five years later celebrating our little daughter, just thanking the Lord for what he did. So I get it. I get, you know, sometimes waiting, it can be tough. You know, what does it really mean to wait on the Lord, right? We talk about waiting on the Lord, right? The word, the word of God says in Isaiah 40, 31, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Then we go to Bible verse, Psalms 27, verse 14. Uh, it says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And there's many other Bible verses that we could open up our word and take a look at. Uh, and uh, the word of God addresses the issue of waiting. But what does it really mean to wait on the Lord? I love what James McDonald says here. Uh, he says, waiting on the Lord is accepting God's timing, knowing that you have to go through this season of hardship. 
being at peace without resolution. I love that. Someone else says that waiting on the Lord is about holding on tight, hoping with expectation, trusting God, knowing that our Lord is not making us wait just to see how long we can take it. I love it. You know, waiting on the Lord, oh, that God would teach us, would show us, would walk through us when he, this issue is addressed about waiting on him. No, what David experienced here in Psalms 13 was experience because he was focusing much on his feelings and not his faith. Isn't it like that? When we go through a time of trial, a time of waiting, a time of waiting on the Lord and asking God, God, what do I do? Emotion or feeling comes into play. You know, how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul? Having sorrow in my heart daily, how long will my enemy be exalted over me? I want to encourage you, if you find yourself in a place in life where you're waiting, take your eyes off of yourself tonight and make it your prayer throughout this week now to put your eyes on God. I really believe when we have our eyes on ourselves in the waiting, it becomes really intense. It becomes hard. Now, it's easier said than done. But you know what? When you pull back from that situation and you tell God, God, I need you to help me. It's like you're taking your eyes off of yourself. You're realizing that your strength doesn't come from you. Your strength comes from the Lord. I want to encourage you guys with that tonight. You know, God did not. God had not forgotten David here. And there are really a couple of things that God wants to remind you of next time when you find yourself in a place of waiting. Okay, so I'm going to give you five, point, five mini points, five points here that I want you guys to jot down. And remember, remember these next time you find yourself in a place of waiting. And maybe you're here tonight and you're like, you know what, Pastor Jimmy? Life is Disneyland right now. You know, life is Main Street. You know, it's, everything's whoop-de-doo. I'm not waiting on anything. Life couldn't be better. Amen. But let me tell you, the word of the Lord says that in, the, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. So eventually there's going to come a time of trial. There's going to come a time where you're going to have to learn how to wait. You're going to learn how to rely on him. So five things I want to share with you. Next time you find yourself waiting on God. Let me remind you something. He's there with you. He's there with you. That's the first mini point, our first point I want to give you. God is there with you. Hebrews 13, 5 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Kind of reminds me of vacation Bible school, seeing Pastor Steph do this with all the kids, right? I will never leave you, right? Sorry, I didn't remember the hand motions here, but I will never leave you. Okay, may I get the junior high? I'm just kidding. Okay, Isaiah 49:15 says, "Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget. Yet I will never forget you. If you feel forgotten tonight, feel forgotten no more. God has His eye on you. God hears every cry that you have." 
God even knows the unspoken cries of your heart. For the Bible says that God knew you before you were even created, before you were even brought about. Psalms 139 says that he knew you before you even formed in your mother's womb. That's a good thing. God knows you way before the foundations of the world. Can someone say amen to that? Amen to that. Point two. Next time you find yourself in the time of waiting, read his word. Read the Bible. Right? We know it's been said. The Bible has the basic instructions before leaving earth. If you want to know what to do in life, read the Bible. And you know, so many times I share with the junior high, there's Christians that are trying to go through life without reading the Bible, without having the instruction manual. I don't know about you guys, but there's been times when my wife had told me, go get this, I need you to go buy me this bookshelf or go buy me something. I don't like to follow instructions sometimes. And you know, sometimes when I have an instruction manual, I get, have it and just throw it back. And then my wife comes and she's all like, you know, you built that backwards, right? Well, that should have come here, right? Some of the guys are laughing because they know what I'm talking about. Right? You know what? Today, I want to encourage you to read the instruction manual. It makes a difference sometimes. A Christian needs the Bible just like a human being needs the air to breathe. I encourage you with that. Psalms 130 verse 5. The word of the Lord says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I do hope. I repeat, that's the problem David had here. That was his problem. He had his eyes on him. For my wife and I, when we were going through the adoption process, you know, we were telling every pastor to pray for us. We had people walking with us and everything. But it wasn't until we came until when we said, God, you take control. God, we surrender to you. That's when peace really came and really took over. The world looks at surrender as something weak. For a Christian, it's the best thing that we can do when we surrender our life to Jesus Christ. And I have to tell you here tonight, if you sit in these seats and you've never surrendered your life over to Jesus, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're missing out. It's the best decision that you can do. Will you, all your problems go away? No. Problems will not go away. Problems will be there. The Bible makes it clear that in this world we will struggle, in this world we will go through things. But how much better to have a, a loving God, someone that loved you so much that sent Jesus Christ to die upon the cross for you, to walk with you through life. So tonight I encourage you, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, do that tonight. But third thing to do next time you find yourself in a place of waiting Third thing to, that I want to remind you about is he's there with you, read his word, but number three, he will get you through. He will get you through. Maybe tonight you're wondering, I don't know how I'm going to get through this problem. You know, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. You know, I just got laid off. Well, you know what? Eyes on Jesus. He will get you through. The Bible says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Number four, he has you. Be reminded of that tonight. You find yourself in a time of waiting. God has you. His plans are, are better than yours. Sometimes we think that our plans are better than his and we have it all around. We're mixed up in our way of thinking. 
Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. But the fifth thing I want to tell you, and you're waiting, and it goes together, is trust him. Waiting on the Lord involves trusting the Lord. For trusting without waiting is striving. Psalms 37 verses 3 and 7 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked shames to pass. Again, waiting without trusting or trusting without waiting is striving. I encourage you tonight, next time you find yourself feeling distance from God, remind yourself that I must look to God for answers and not myself. Don't pull a David here in verse 2, taking counsel on his soul. Take counsel in God. Psalms 91, verse 1, right? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Oh, that that would be us every day. Every day, dwelling in the shadow of the Almighty, taking refuge in our Heavenly Father. But with that, I, I go into the second point that I want to address tonight. You know, point number one, we talked about David's problem here. Crying out to God, telling God, God, I'm frustrated. God, consider me. God, have you forgotten me? But now we get to the second point, David's prayer or his plea. Psalms 13, verses 3 and 4 says, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. I, I love it. The first uh, couple of words here in the beginning of these two verses, David is crying out repetitiously to the Lord. Uh, and, you know, when he says, consider and hear me, it, it, it's a persistent cry, a persistent plea. And I really believe this. God is honored when we persistently cry out to him. Or in other words, persistently pray to him, right? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 17 through 18, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always, praying always, persistently with all prayer and supplication, and the Spirit being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. David now goes from, he, he, he's kind of turning his eyes. He's kind of like crying. And all of a sudden now he's turning his eyes slowly but surely to the Lord. I love verse 3 here where it says, Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God, and lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. And verse 3, when David tells God, enlighten my eyes, he's basically telling God, God, Help me to see the situation a little clearly here. And, you know, some emotions, some feelings have kind of overtaken God. I need to see your work a little clearer here. I need to put my eyes back on you. Isn't it like that? 
when we go through times, we get frustrated and emotion overtakes. Sometimes it's good to just pull back. Sometimes it's good to just pull back and tell the Lord, Lord, enlighten my eyes. Let me see things uh, the way you would want me to see them. The way you would want me to look at things. The word of God is clear with that. Sometimes it's good to just get away. To just get away, right? We read in Mark chapter 1, verse 36, that Jesus got away early in the morning. Oh, that it would be as if the Son of God knew the importance of getting away. Oh, how much more do we need to get away? And get away and spend time with the Lord. Get away and just go on a vacation. You know, go home tonight, husbands, and tell your wives, I'm taking you on a vacation. No, I'm just kidding, okay? I don't want to get in trouble. Oh, man, I can't believe that, okay? But it's good to get away sometimes. It's good to get away and just tell, Lord, enlighten my eyes. Help me to see the situation a little clear. If we're not enlightened, we will fall asleep, and that's a dangerous place to be in. Falling asleep spiritually eventually leads to spiritual death. You don't want to fall asleep spiritually. There's a lot of Christians that are spiritually Dad, they're, they're, they're missing out and seeing God work in their life, seeing God do the most amazing things. I want to encourage you tonight. If you feel like God has forgotten you, pull back tonight and just start calling out even the small things that he does for you day after day, you know. Thank him for your car. Thank him for the gas that you're able to put. Thank him for the food. Thank him for the roof that you have over your head. You know, I've always told the junior hires this. When you feel like your life is falling apart, pull back. And just begin to thank God for all the little things. And eventually those little things just add up to a big thing. And you see like, man, God is actually for me. Man, God is not against me. And he's not. Tonight, I tell you, you, all you have to thank God for is your salvation. Amen. Tonight, if you're here, that's all you can thank for. That he sent Jesus Christ to die upon the cross for you. Amen. I remind you tonight, if you sit in the seats and you feel like you're not loved, you're loved tonight. You're loved so much. You're someone here tonight that has been died for. That's how much you were worth. And I want to encourage you guys with that tonight. In all of this, David just had one desire. To see God glorified in his situation. And not his enemy. That's all David wanted to do. Verse 4, lest my enemies say I have prevailed against them, lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Tonight, I'm not not here to share anything weird with you guys or anything, but I want to encourage you guys, turn your problems into praise. Begin to look at those trials, those those things that come your way, has a chance for you to get spiritually fit. Every trial you go through is a spiritual push-up for you to get in shape and for you to thank the Lord. God, this is going to be another opportunity for me to see you work. God, this is going to be another opportunity for me to see you do a breakthrough. God, begin to thank him. All that we have to go in life. Uh, Make it today your prayer. God, I want to be a walking testimony for you. God, with everything that I go through in life, bring honor and glory to you. I always share this with the group that God has entrusted to me. We were made to declare the wonders and glory of God 
Oh, that everything that we go through will bring wonder and glory to Jesus. Amazing psalm here tonight. So we've looked at David's problem. We've looked at David's uh, plea, or, or in other words, David's prayer. But I want to spend a couple of minutes now looking at David's praise. The last two verses here. David here is frustrated. He's concerned. He's like, God, where are you? So many times we've been through that. You know, he has a problem. And slowly but surely, he begins to put his eyes on God. He goes to, 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 to prayer. He begins to call out to God. And then all of a sudden, we go to David's praise here. In verses 5 and 6. It says, but I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. What an amazing psalm tonight. I repeat, David in the beginning finds himself in a place of despair, in a place of frustration. And then all of a sudden comes to that place of confidence, that place of trust. He tells the Lord, Lord, I have trusted in your mercy. I don't know if you guys caught that. The trusted is past tense. It's like, Lord, at one point he had trusted. At one point all the blurriness, the situation had taken his eye off of the Lord, but now he's back to that place of trusting in him. And maybe that's you tonight. Maybe there was a time in your life where you were on fire for the Lord, where you were trusting God, and all of a sudden you kind of went on a left field. God might be saying tonight, come back to that place of trust in me. I love you. I love you. I am here for you. You've lost sight. I have never left you nor forsaken you. I love you. Come back. And I love it here where it says, I have trusted in your mercy. Like David knew it. He had just let his feelings and emotions, he had let self overtake his situation. And now he's coming back to that place of, what was I doing, God? There was a time in my life when I trusted in you. I want to come back to that. And he comes back to trusting in the Lord's mercy. Not his judgment, <laughs> praise God, but his mercy. Lamentations 3, verses 22 to 23 says this. Through the Lord's mercies were not consumed, because his compassions fell not. They knew every morning, great is your faithfulness. Amen to that? Great is your faithfulness. Again, the words I have trusted, past tense. David trusted at some point his mind got blurry but then comes back to the reality he trusted in God's mercy you can never go wrong with trusting in the mercy of God well, then as we keep reading verses 5 and 6 but I have trusted in your mercy my heart shall rejoice in your salvation we'll pause there I love it we see that David rejoices in the salvation of the Lord you guys get that? He, he, he trusts in the mercy and then he rejoices in the salvation of God. Amen. Amazing. For the Christian, that's it. We have nothing else. If all we have tonight is our salvation, praise be to God for that. If all we have tonight is the salvation 
If all we have tonight is that we're going to heaven, we have it all. If we have nothing else, rejoice in that simple truth tonight. How awesome it is that David goes from telling God that he feels forgotten to letting God know that he has dealt bountifully with him. It's like if we're reading a different psalm here, he, he begins from frustration to, to praise. But I love how the New Living Translation puts it. He tells God, God, in the New King James Version, it says, he has that bountifully with me. But then he tells God, God, you have been really good to me. In the NLT, David says, God has been really good to him. And let's think about that tonight. Hasn't God been good to us? Hasn't God been good to us? The very fact that we could sit in a church building tonight and have service is a reason to rejoice. God has been good to us. And I want to encourage you guys tonight to just really tonight, as you go home, consider what we've shared, consider what we've talked about. And thank the Lord just for how awesome and how amazing and how wonderful he's been to us as a church. But let's personalize this to you. And you know what? Maybe tonight you do fall under one of those categories. Maybe tonight you do have a prodigal son. Maybe tonight you are waiting for God to heal someone. Maybe tonight... You are waiting for that special someone to come into your life. Maybe tonight you're just waiting for for that breakthrough. Let me tell you, God is there. He's with you. He's working. Micah 7, 7 says, Therefore I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Oh, that we would have that same exact confidence. I will wait on the Lord and oh, my God, uh, my God will hear me. My God will hear me. Every night, sometimes sometimes at night, and it's always mom, it's not dad. Maybe it's because I have trouble hearing, I don't know. But every night, you know, sometimes when Sarah faced her daughter is having a hard time, it's probably 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning. She's unable, uh, she can't sleep or whatever. All of a sudden, we'll, we'll get a surprise. She'll yell the words, Mom! And my wife, like, I'm coming, Sarah. Sarah Faith is confident. She knows that mom is going to hear her. And mom's going to get up and mom's going to go to the room. Tonight, let me tell you, the word of God is clear. If you call out to him, he's hearing you. He's going to go. And he's going to help you. You're not alone. You're not alone for you're a child of God. And he loves you tremendously. And tonight I want to encourage you guys. The last challenge I give you. You know, whatever it may be tonight. As we wrap up service in a couple of minutes. You know, the pastors are going to come up. And they'll be up here. And maybe there's something that you've been waiting on the Lord for. You've been waiting on, on God to do. I want to encourage you guys, come forward. The pastors will be here. Uh, and they're going to be waiting to, to pray with you. But I, I, I do want to tell you, though, if you've never, never, never 
surrendered your life, as we talked a little bit about surrender to Jesus, don't leave this place without doing that tonight. For God loves you. You're loved tonight. You were worth much. When he was on the cross, dying for the sins of humanity, you were on his mind. Be reminded of that. I want to spend a couple of minutes. I want to pray with you guys. And I want to ask God just to, to bless you guys. And I want to thank you for allowing me to come and share the word with you guys. And I pray that as you guys go home tonight, you've been encouraged. And that if there's a situation in your life that involves waiting, you'd wait on him tonight. Let's pray. And I want to pray for you guys. Father, I pray right now, Lord, for my amazing brothers and sisters that are here. Um, before me, God, I, I want to pray for each life that is represented here. God, that you would be with them right now. And God, that you would take the word that we've delivered. God, all we've done is opened up the Bible and been faithful to what you've called us to do tonight. And as we've come and, and delivered word from you, God, I pray that your word would, would touch, would have touched hearts tonight. God, and I pray if there's someone struggling or, or going through something tonight, God, I pray, God, that you would remind them of how much you love them. God, that you would remind them that you died upon the cross for them. And every head bowed, every eye closed tonight, I, I just want to give you guys a chance tonight. You know, give you guys a chance. Maybe there is uh, something that's going on in life tonight. Maybe you find yourself waiting on something. You find yourself on, on God doing a breakthrough. Maybe you, you, you're struggling and you're just doubting and you're asking God, how long? Let me tell you, God hears your cry. And he wants to work. Tonight, if you find yourself asking God, God, how long is this situation going to be going on? And you would like for me to pray for you. I would love to pray for you tonight. I'm going to ask you with every head bowed, every eye closed. Tonight, if you need prayer, whatever it may be, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Raise your hand wherever you're at. And I want to pray for you. God bless you here. God bless you here. Hands going up all over the sanctuary tonight. Amen. If you find yourself waiting on the Lord and you're doubting and you're just having a hard time. If you're like, Pastor Jimmy, there was a time in my life where I was just on fire for God. I'd go to every service. But, but now, it, it, life is a little hard. Let me tell you, God loves you. He's there with you. And he wants to encourage you. And he wants to remind you of his love. God sees all these hands going up. God sees all the hands going up in the sanctuary. And I, I'm going to ask you right now just to do something for me. Just stand wherever you're at. Just stand, and we're going to pray as a church family for you. We're going to pray. Whatever the situation may be, you might not have told me tonight, but let me tell you something. God knows your heart. God knows exactly what you're going through. But I have a second question here tonight. If you're here tonight in this sanctuary, and you've never given your life over to Jesus, the Bible says that this is the day of salvation. The Bible says that this is the day that he wants you to come and surrender your life to him. So if that's you tonight, I want to ask you to stand. Everyone that God called, he called publicly. If you're here tonight and you want to surrender your life to the Lord, I'm going to ask you to do something brave. It might feel a little weird in the beginning, but you know what? We're all family here tonight and there's people cheering you on. Just stand wherever you're at. 
I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Amen. 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 Just don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. Let's pray. Let's pray and ask God to bless you guys one last time. And then we will conclude with a worship song. Father, you know why my brothers and sisters are standing. God, they're standing, Lord, because... They're having a hard time and they want to be prayed for, God. Tonight we pray for the body that you've called here to CCSB, for these that are standing. I may not know the details, God, of what they're going through, but you do. And God, I pray, God, that you would remind them tonight of your love, that you would remind them tonight of how much you love them, that you sent Jesus to die upon the cross to them. And if they feel weary, if they feel like they can't go no more, God, that they would be reminded of what it means to wait on the Lord, God, that you would renew their strength. God, so thank you once again for those that stood and asking you as Lord and Savior, God, would you bless them? If you stood for that second question, I want you to repeat this prayer. Father God, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for forgiving me, and I thank you that I am heaven-bound. God, I pray that from this day forward, I would walk in your ways. Lord, I love you, and I praise you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen, amen. High clap for Jesus.